0: happy friday to all of you welcome back or to the reality of fantasy i'm your host jesse cook today is august 23rd 2019 i'm currently well i had just turned it off uh i was watching the cubs get slaughtered by the washington nationals uh one of the hottest teams in baseball if you will uh, it's currently nine nothing in the top in the bottom of the ninth, uh, so I'm fairly certain, barring a miraculous comeback, that the Cubs will not win this one. Unfortunately, um, but I must say, the Nationals are a team that's kind of going under the radar at the moment, and they're playing some really good baseball. I'm not going to spend too much time talking more about it because it's not really fantasy relevant. Uh, And I do want to dive into some Major League Baseball fantasy topics. But they're a team I don't think you really want to run into in the playoffs. They got Scherzer back. He pitched four innings yesterday. The offense is on fire and is just destroying everybody. Rendon, Eaton, Soto, Turner. These guys are hot. And they have these void fillers. With Matt Adams and Azdrubal Cabrera and Victor Robles, who are swinging swinging some uh, Enfuego sticks, if you will. So when you start looking at this pitching staff, with Scherzer, Strasburg, and Anibal Sanchez, definitely just not a team I'm trying to run into in the playoffs. Uh, Maybe it's their year. You know, it would be so Washington to... Have the team that goes overlooked be the team that wins it all, because when they're front runners or when they're expected to be front runners, they certainly fall short. But anyways, uh, today's podcast from a fantasy perspective is going to be two part, to be fairly short, but we're going to spend a little bit of time early on discussing the state of Major League Baseball and what to do as a fantasy owner if you're in a dynasty league or redrafting next year, given the uncertainty and lack of transparency with the MLB regarding the baseball. And then from there, we're going to transition to the NFL and talk a little bit about the Cam Newton injury and what this means from a fantasy perspective and what to do. Uh, And then to close down, I'll briefly touch upon Melvin Gordon's situation, which hasn't really changed, but... My thoughts on it have slightly changed uh, with a focus on Justin Jackson. And then I will completely end the podcast, closing time, with the beer of the podcast, which, unfortunately, was a bit of a disappointment, but we'll get there. So let's talk Major League Baseball. I'm going to be honest with you. As a fantasy owner and a baseball – I hate the term traditionalist – devotee. How about that? Devotee. I am frustrated with the baseball. You know, I'm not a guy who really needs the 20 to 10 games that have been transpiring to entice me to watch baseball. I understand the desire to – engage fans and bring more fans into the game with more runs, because most people nowadays don't have the attention span to sit through a baseball game that's a 2-1 to pitcher's duel. But what frustrates me from a fantasy perspective is I have no idea what Major League Baseball is going to do next year with the baseball. This year, they have been completely murky and opaque in their... Uh, I guess, determination of, or I guess, endorsement of whether they purposefully changed the baseball. Clearly, they purposely changed the baseball. They came out early in the season and said it was due to, you know, just variance in batches of baseball, but it's transpired across the entire season. So clearly, they changed the baseball. And I get it. You know, they want to put fans in the stands. But as a fantasy owner, this has implications. Guys like John Carlos Stanton and Chris Davis, Joey Gallo, are less valuable because of the prominence of home runs in Major League Baseball. A few years back in my Dynasty League, I traded to have Chris Davis and John Carlos Stanton. Now, regardless, you know John Carlos been hurt the whole year and Chris Davis has been awful, um, but I traded for them because there was a deficiency in power and I was trying to monopolize that by having two players who consistently hit 40 to 50 home runs in this day and age there are so many players hitting 30 home runs that having those players on my roster is pretty useless so you're like sitting there well Jesse given this since you have identified this relationship why carry them going forward you're absolutely right if I knew next year for certain that Major League Baseball would maintain this baseball, I would 100% remove the quote-unquote sluggers from my roster and go with the more balanced players who are benefiting from the new baseball. It is not the sluggers who are benefiting from this baseball. It's the guys who are hitting 310-foot home or flyouts that are now 350-foot home runs that are benefiting. You had Water Escobar's. Those types of players, Kitel Marte, These play- they just happen to be on the Diamondbacks apparently, these types of players are having career home run outputs because of the new baseball. It's not your Aaron Judges who are going to hit 470-foot home runs when they square it up. So my concern is, what if Major League Baseball doesn't tell anybody and they modify the baseball again? but in the opposite direction, to try and balance what transpired this year. I want to be ahead of any sort of uh, league-wide or universal reaction. And I'm anticipating Major League Baseball adjusting, again, because, well, everything I know about this company, this organization, is summarized by the word shady. And they've drawn a lot of negative attention with this baseball, so they're going to try and rectify it, right? But what if they don't? And my concern is that we will never get clarity on this matter to the point that's sufficient in developing a strategy as a fantasy player and implementing a strategy. So I don't really have any answers, but this has just been something that's on my mind and something that I think you should consider, especially in a dynasty format, but also in the redraft league. If the baseball is the same as it is this year, then there is no reason to draft the sluggers at all. Honestly, there is no reason. You want to draft players who are balanced at that point. And in a dynasty format, if the baseball maintains the same, then I think you should find a way to capitalize on your investment and get the best return you can Because they're just not as profitable. And I don't think people are realizing this yet. So that's my two cents there. Let's transition to the NFL here. And honestly, I'm a little sad. The Cam Newton injury didn't look good. Uh, Initial reports, if you didn't see, Cam Newton got sacked after scrambling around a little bit in the preseason game yesterday against the Patriots. And the initial reports were a sprained ankle. Uh, Cam Newton was in a walking boot. At this point, it appears that the Panthers are hopeful he's around. They're cautiously cautiously optimistic that he'll be available for week one. However, I have major concerns. You know, Cam's already coming off the injury with a shoulder. And his biggest weapon has always been his legs. So you're telling me a quarterback who we've had some concerns about with being a viable pocket passer who was already slightly compromised throwing, now completely loses the edge he had because they're not going to put him in a position to run all the time and uh, risk further injury. I'm completely out on cam. And this was a guy that I was really high on because of where he was falling in drafts. But at this point, I don't think you can confidently – rely upon Cam. And this has a trickle-down effect. So say Cam doesn't play, okay? They have, I think, uh, Kyle Moore, um, Will Greer, who I kind of like, but not ready to step in and and man this offense. The position players, the skill players, the Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, and if you really are desperate, Greg Olson, Take a huge hit here. Huge hit. There is no chance that they can put up the production we were projecting with those quarterbacks under center. And say Cam does come back, what is he going to be? 60, 70%? Teams aren't going to be spying Cam. They're probably going to be confident he's not running. It's going to lead to better coverage on these skill players. And I think the offense is just going to stall. So I don't know. If you're already drafted, I think you have to maintain your players because it's unlikely you're going to get good return on a guy like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, or Curtis Samuel based on what's transpired. But if you can ship them off for slightly less value, I would strongly consider it. I mean, these injuries can linger, and this could be extremely detrimental for that entire offense, which I was really high on. I think it was episode three. I was touting this offense as one that would go under the radar. Truly unfortunate. But the reality is you're unlikely to get a return that's worthwhile, so I think your most, your best bet at this point is just to hang on and hope for the best. Um... Honestly, it's it's really unfortunate. when Cam came into the league initially I was I was against him. I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, but now I'm 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 you know, I I'm a I'm a big I'm a believer in Cam. I like him. I like him a lot. And I think he's got a good personality and I and I, I wish him a speedy recovery and I hope he comes back and plays well. Now on to Melvin Gordon the third. the only reason I really want to talk Melvin Gordon the third is one of my friends in our group chat who's in our fantasy league Uh, has been not really justifying, but providing rationale for taking him in the second round at the 12th pick. And honestly, I can't see a freaking reason why. So Melvin Gordon has always had slight durability concerns. Okay, You're dealing with this contract issue where, at best, honestly at this point, I, I see him coming back after a couple weeks into the season. I do not see him starting the season. So you're already at a deficit there, right? And this is a guy who has not been with the team, has not been at training camp, and is unlikely to be not in good shape, but ready to take the abuse that the NFL provides on a body. It's a different dynamic. So you're telling me a guy who already has some legitimate injury history, not fully prepared for an NFL season coming in, and you want to invest a second-round pick on him? There's just no logic there for me. And yes, he will play this season, or he will be back with the Chargers this season is a way to phrase that better. From my understanding... He must join the team after week 8. I could be wrong, but that is what I believe is a stipulation based on the contract. So he'll be back. But here's my legitimate concern for those that are investing in Melvin Gordon, even in a later pick than the second round and trying to get good value. We've seen Austin Eckler be a fairly competent running back in the NFL. We've also seen Justin Jackson in his rookie season be a fairly competent running back in the NFL. And last year, I was really high on Justin Jackson from what he demonstrated at Northwestern. Justin Jackson looks like a three-down back. He plays like a three-down back. This is why I don't think the Chargers are in any hurry to pay Melvin Gordon. They know they have somebody waiting in the wings who can provide the production necessary for them to be contenders. And I think it is very reasonable and, at this point, extremely profitable to be stashing Justin Jackson if you can get him around the 10th round. Eckler's going much earlier, I think, around the 5th or the 6th. I personally just went both of them recently in in the draft, and you can see that in the last episode or hear about it. But if you can't get Eckler, because I honestly don't think they're ever going to give him a full workload, so that's chill. Just avoid that if you're looking for a bell cow. I think Justin Jackson has the potential to be a league winner. He has the potential. Say Eckler comes out, you know, and gets stuffed a couple times in their first matchup, and Jackson comes in and flourishes, and, you know, has a big run that wins them the game or something, you know, a narrative of sorts, and they give him the reins, and he runs with it, and he takes it, and he starts being a... David Johnson light type player, you know, 75 rushing yards, 25 to 35 receiving yards a game, and, you know, averaging .75 touchdowns or something like that, then if they're winning, i are not going to turn the reins over to Melvin Gordon when he returns. It'll be the Justin Jackson show. So, with that in mind, I provide full support for those still drafting to go after Justin Jackson until things change. I think it's a great pick late round. Again, don't draft a motherfucking kicker. Oops, should not cuss. Don't draft a kicker and draft Justin Jackson instead and wait for this mess to work itself out. Similar vein with Darwin Thompson. Don't draft a kicker, wait for this to work it out, drop a player if things change, and pick up a kicker. All right. Now. Now. Clearly the most important segment of this show in every episode, the Bureau of the Podcast. I was slightly disappointed, fans, friends, listeners. I didn't plan my entire week on this, but on Monday, Oso Madhouse Taproom released a Facebook post indicating that they would be having a special infusion night yesterday, Thursday, my birthday, 8-22-2019, That would incorporate their, or utilize their uh, night rain porter and infuse it with Reese's peanut butter cups. Now folks, I am a dark beer connoisseur. I love the dark beer and I love peanut butter. I love Reese's peanut butter cups. So I was ecstatic. I scheduled my day that at 5 p.m. when it went on tap, I would be there. I biked over there got my bike benefits, my $1 off, and I had it. I drank it, slurped it all the way down, but it wasn't very good. It was disappointing. And this is not a condemnation against Oso because I think they make great beers, but I think they missed the boat on this one. And the exemplar, which will be the Belching Beaver... Peanut butter milk stout. Shout out to Malik Shaw for his recognition of its glorious taste and um, overall utility. This, if if the Belgian beavers a 10, this was a three. I really believe that they missed the boat, and that's sad. But still, it was beer, so I had a great time, uh, folks. I appreciate you listening. This has been Jesse Cook on the reality of fantasy. I hope that your life is going well. I hope that you're enjoying your Friday, and I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you very much for tuning in, and take care.